Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I had to learn to discipline myself. Now, the way I do that is... I get up in the morning, have my cup of coffee, and my wife comes out of the bedroom, and she has a whip. (laughs) Here we go. Praise God. How many know that won't work? I have to discipline what? Myself. Now, you can encourage somebody to get into the Word of God, but you can't make them apply it. People are always looking for an easier way to do things, right? Sometimes that's a good thing. Using a rototiller is far easier than breaking ground up using a spade, isn't it? And so people try to find easier ways to increase spiritual growth, too. But Pastor Mark will be teaching today that God doesn't provide any shortcuts. The only way to become a more mature Christ follower is by doing the hard work. Pastor Mark will be giving you instructions on how God says you have to grow in Him you'll discover that if you can stick it out, that the benefits will be more than you can imagine. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 28 as he continues his message, A Real Convert Becomes a Real Disciple. The mature disciple doesn't just read the word, but he applies, she applies the word, it becomes a part of them. Well, how do we do that? Well, the next word is trained, that I had you circle. You're not going to like this. The word trained in the original language is our word for gymnasium. What does gymnasium mean? Exercise. Who exercises? Train. What, is, what was the word I had you underline? Train themselves. So who's the one that has to exercise? <laughs> I can't go to the gym and watch my wife. Go for it, honey. Go for it. Wife. Great. Terrific. A few more now. Come on. We can do this. We can do this. Boy, it was a really hard day today, wasn't it? <laughs> so the solution to not being a baby is I have to take the Word of God. I have to train myself. Discipline, exercise, discipline, exercise, and make it a habit so it sticks to me. Look at this next verse. Paul writes about it again. Look what he says. 1 Timothy 4. Do not waste time. There it is, time. Most important thing in our life. Don't waste time. Arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tale. Instead, train, exercise, discipline yourself to be godly. We're to exercise spiritual disciplines, Bible study, prayer, meditation, witnessing to others. It relates to self-sacrifice and training, not because we have to, 
but because we get to. Now look at me quickly. Exercise, discipline, spiritual discipline. If you go home today and go, okay, I'm going to have to get in the Bible and I'm going to have to exercise because Pastor Mark says it's good for me. Great. Now, to be honest, there's not many of you out there that like to exercise. There's a few of you. I heard Greg Laurie say this recently. You do it because the endorphins kicked in. Greg Laurie says he's never seen an endorphin in his life. How many say amen to that? What do you mean? If the more I run, the more endorphins come up. Forget it. Back in 1997, I had open heart surgery. I look like this. I have no family history. I had no pain, had no heart attack. But I had open heart surgery. Four-way bypass. From that day to this day, without exception, I exercise five days a week. I'm a Schwinn Airdyne and walking. And I watch my weight. That's because I love to do it. No, I don't like it. But I do it because it's good for me. Amen? See, if you do the spiritual disciplines and exercise yourself to grow, sometimes you won't like it. But you still do it because you know the outcome is what? It's good. Now, why do I do that? Well, because I want to accomplish what God has for me. I want to be able to teach every weekend three teachings. In a few weeks, I'll be in a foreign country. And I'll be teaching around 20 times in seven days. Now, how am I going to do that? in the strength that God gives me. But I had to learn to discipline myself. Now, the way I do that is I get up in the morning, have my cup of coffee, and my wife comes out of the bedroom, and she has a whip. (laughs) Here we go. Praise God. How many know that won't work? I have to discipline what? Myself. Now, you can encourage somebody to get into the Word of God but you can't make them apply it. You cannot make them apply it. So what is Paul trying to say to us? Why is saying you have to be a growing disciple? Listen, spiritual growth is not automatic. Spiritual growth simply doesn't come easy. That's why the word discipline is there. That's why the word training is there. Spiritual growth doesn't come quickly. So here's what I want you to write. Get this, and you begin to understand the process. Spiritual growth comes from exercise, discipline, godly disciplines, the Word, Bible, so forth. And that's not enough. And from sticky applications, we have to learn to begin to apply that Word. So a disciple is a learner under discipline. A disciple is a learner, sticky, under discipline, exercise, What does that look like? I'm going to give you around six or seven, maybe even eight pictures of growing as a disciple. Here's the first one. Write it down today. A disciple continues, sticks in God's word. Now turn with me to John chapter eight, if you will. John chapter eight. This is a powerful verse that just unlocks the picture. It just unpackages the teaching. So take a look. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, notice this word, if, if 
You hold, and you're going to see what that word hold looks like in a moment, to my teaching. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. In the original language, it means this. Abide, stay in it, obey, continue to apply it. It's an ongoing process. It's sticky. You stay in it. You stay with it. You obey. You continue to apply the word of God. So Jesus is challenging all those who had believed in him. Notice, this is written to believers. To the Jews who had believed, he said, you just started. Now, the way to become my disciple is to hold to my teaching. Learn it. Understand it. Apply it. It has to become a part of you. And then as you do this, this will be a lifestyle that will change you forever. Now, I want to show you some things and watch what I do. Understand, this is the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God is not enough. Reading the Word of God is not enough. Taking notes about the Word of God is not enough. Knowing the Word of God is not enough. I must understand that the Word of God must become a part of me. These biblical truths that we learn, all of those things, hearing, reading, taking notes, and knowing, are good. One day Jesus said this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you don't do what I said. So the key is that the Word of God must stick to me. How many remember sticky notes? You have sticky notes. The Word of God must stick to me. It must become a part of me. David said it like this. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against God. This is the problem. We've heard the word today. You've taken notes today. You know the scripture today. You understand this today. But unless you go and obey it and apply it, you will never grow to be a disciple. There's a huge gap between what people believe and what they actually do. Why? Because they don't obey the word. They don't apply the word. Application, stickiness, application makes all the difference. Say it with me. Application makes all the difference. See, now what some people do is when they go home, this is their Sunday shirt. No, 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 no. It's a lifestyle. You can take the outer shirt off, but this never comes off. It sticks to me. Now, notice, look at verse 31 again. If you hold to my teaching, the word, then, whoa, you are really my disciples. You want to write this down because this is, well, this is enormous. Continuing obedience, application, stickiness, is a sign of discipleship. Remember, Satan is always against that. He doesn't mind you hearing the word. One of the problems we have in church is people don't even hear the word. It's not taught. He doesn't mind you as long as you even know the word. You can know the Greek and Hebrew, but as soon as you start to apply it, he gets nervous. 
Because he knows the word of God never returns void. If applied, it works. It's alive. It changes our lives. So what's my problem? Well, we live in a battlefield. It's about my thinking. And our minds are that battlefield. As I think, so I become. Paul wrote in Romans 12, J.B. Phillips has a great translation. Take a look at it. Do not let the world, which thinks very different than God's word, squeeze you into its mold, but instead let yourself be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? By reading it, by studying it, by taking notes, by knowing it, and then applying it. That changes my mind. See, spiritual maturity is not measured by what I know, but how I apply the word. So as I do that, I'll be changed. Now, let me show you the problem. This is the world system. The world system is about power and pleasure and position and privilege in your life, possessions. If I get all these things, then I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have a little of God in there somewhere. No, that never works. See, most of us get squeezed into the world's mold. Satan is very smart. What was the problem in chapter 4 of Mark with the third category? But the cares of this life, the deceitfulness riches, the desire for other stuff came in and made the word what? Unfruitful. There was no growth. So the stopping point is in that discipleship, it stops, it's dead. They remain, at best, a carnal Christian. So let me ask you this. Which one of these rules your life? The Word, by obedience, or the world? See, the world says this. Live independent from God. God says, without me, you can do nothing. So Jesus says, if you are sticky then you're my disciple. If it sticks to you, if it becomes part of you, if it's that kind of natural reaction that spiritual growth brings, then that's what happens. I wrote this a long time ago. You are either in the word, stickiness, and it's transforming you into the image of Jesus, or you're in the world and it's squeezing you into its mold. Write this next statement down. Spiritual maturity starts with what? Truth. What's God's word? True. Truth leads to application, stickiness, and results in transformation. If you're at home and you want to know how to bake something, or in our day and age, you want to know how to microwave something, it's a dinner. Well, what are you going to have to do? Yesterday, I was microwaving some vegetables, because sometimes the vegetables that are frozen are actually better than the ones that you buy that are fresh, because they're caught immediately. And I forgot part of the instruction. I put it in for about six or seven minutes. And as I was cooking something else, and I looked, and this sucker's blowing up like this in the microwave. And I went, what the heck's wrong with that thing? It's not even halfway done. So I went and got the box again, and it says, put a little hole in the, oh. So I had to, I had to get it out and, tear, and get it hot and burn my hand and just tear a little hole in it, put it back in, everything was fine. You see, so truth leads to application of the word of God. Let no evil word come out of your mouth. 
Really? Yeah. Leads to application. And application results in what? A change. A transformation. I'm wearing a chain shirt. We're changed constantly to be more like Jesus. That's what this whole process is about. Now, you'll hear this verse. Quite often, you'll hear this verse. And rarely will you ever hear this verse by itself. I mean, in context. You'll always hear it by itself. Somebody will be preaching. They'll say this. And you'll know the truth. Finish it with me. And the truth will make you. Woo! Hallelujah. I like it. But rarely will you hear it in context. Jesus says this. If you abide in my word. If you get the word into you, if you get sticky, if you obey it, if you know it, it's changing you. Then you'll be my disciple. Look at the next verse 31. Then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You never hear that. It's just the verse picked out. Sounds really good, but it doesn't work. And that's what? Unless I'm sticky. Unless I'm abiding in the word of God. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What's that free from? Free from the power of sin because the word of God lives in me. Free from selfish thinking because that's exactly what I do without God. And sticky, applying God's principles so I serve others. God designed the word of God to infuse strength, wisdom, direction, healing, peace, deliverance into our thinking process. I want to be free, don't you? Now, let me read these verses again in the opposite context. Listen to me. Jesus said, if you don't obey and you don't apply my teaching, then you're really not my disciples. At best, you're a carnal believer because the world is squeezing you into its way of living. And that lifestyle has no freedom in it at all. said, Pastor Mark, that's not in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. That's exactly what the opposite of Jesus' teaching is saying. If you don't stick the word in your life and apply it, then you're not his disciple, and the world is squeezing you into its way of thinking. And by the way, that's bondage to sin, And in the passage, you can read it later, and if you go on down, the Jews said, what do you mean bondage to sin? We've never been in bondage our whole life. Hello, what was the exodus about? Satan deceives us that sin is bondage. Sin is bondage. Freedom from sin is freedom. Who can bring that? The Word. So, Pastor Mark, why? Why this word sticky? Our goal here is to help every one of you exercise yourself in reading, knowing, and applying the Word on a daily basis. That's our goal. Our goal is to make the word sticky or stick it meaningful in your life. I want to end this morning with two testimonies. You say, Pastor Mark, does this kind of thing really work? Yes, it does. First testimony is from a lady. Here's what she says in one of our bodies. Thank you for challenging me, Pastor Mark, to be proactive in reaching the lost. Last week at work, I asked friends if they would like to do a Bible study during lunch one day. Most of them said yes. What? Exclamation point. The subject they said they struggle with the most is living in fear. Pray for me as I begin. What is she doing? She's stepping out of her comfort zone and after converts. 
And as I begin thinking about what's the opposite of fear? Faith. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word. It all goes back to the word of God. You say, Pastor Mark, I could never ask that question. Really? Well, if, I, if they answered yes, I wouldn't know what to do with a Bible study. I've only been a Christian 42 years. <laughs> Hello, Hebrews 5. Yes, you can. This one is huge. I've changed the names for a reason. Dave took the time to speak to a man, Julio, name changed, from Guatemala that cuts his grass. He invited him to church, and after church, he took him out to dinner and explained more about Jesus. Julio, hearing about the Harvest Crusade, came to the Harvest Crusade on his own the next week. Two weeks later, Dave stopped by to bring Julio to church again. Now, let me stop there and say this. Will it cost you to serve Jesus? Yes, it will. I got to stop and bring somebody to church. I can hardly get here myself. When he stopped to pick Julio up, he met Julio's 32-year-old twin brother who was extremely ill in the house. David prayed with the sick brother and the family. Last Sunday, Dave once again went and brought Julio to the service. At the end of the service at the altar call, Julio came forward. And one of the Latino altar counselors, somebody totally different, came and prayed with him. And Julio became a follower of Jesus Christ. Notice the different people. One waters, one plants. I'm teaching. God's word never returns void. Amen? How did that happen? Somebody took time to what? Go outside their comfort zone and bring them. That's not the end of the story. In the altar room last Sunday, upon discovering the condition of his twin brother, the altar counselor, along with two other counselors, three of them now, went back to Julio's home where they met and prayed with the sick brother. As they prayed for him, he received Jesus Christ. Is that fantastic? Tuesday morning, two days later, Julio's twin brother died. 32. I got goosebumps still. Because somebody cared. Julio's in heaven. Julio's in heaven this morning. Guys, this is why we're here. We're not here for your comfort or my comfort. We don't want this world squeezing us into the bowl. We want to get sticky for Jesus Christ. We want our lives to be changed so we care about others more than we care about ourselves. That's why we're here. To see the world change. God's good. His principles work. Let's stick it to Satan. And let's start growing to be more like Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, 
they still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living.